Indeed, the war goes on, and we are in it, in the midst of it, Lord. We just thank you, Father, for this day, this day of victory, this day of completion, this day when you are the Lord, and we declare that your will be done, O God, on earth, in and through us, which is our great privilege, even as it's being done and declared in heaven, that we lay down our will, our ideas uh, for yours, for the kingdom, for the purposes of the kingdom of God, and we ask that you would Tuck each one who listens today into the safety of your peace, the palm of your hand, that they will know the the Spirit of God. They'll know you by the Spirit of God bearing witness with their spirit. Lord, I thank you for encouragement. I bind the spirits of anxiety and fear. I bind the spirits of discord and division and distraction that have so taken over this nation and consumed your people. Lord God, I pray for divine repentance, that people will have not only a, a, a feel sorry for their sins, but they will have a divine, godly sorrow that will turn them to righteousness and a vehement love for the truth. Father, we thank you that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that no word said, no deed done, no action taken will be able to be used by the enemy to bring forth shame, trouble, or reproach. We stand upon your word, and as Ephesians says, having done all, we stand. We are not moved. You said the righteous will not be moved, so keep your people today strong in peace strength, and committed to the truth. And we ask you now for your divine wisdom in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, welcome to Rescue Radio again. Here we are, rescuing people. (laughs) Yeah, well, with the truth that sets people free. Yeah, that's exactly right. So we've been going through the book of Mark, and today we come to the place where Jesus meets a the, very interesting young man. The rich young ruler. We know him as the rich This is one of my favorite ruler. stories in the Bible because yeah. it has so much to it. But why yeah. don't you go ahead well, and read yeah. it, and then we see where we go from there. Okay. We're reading from Mark chapter 10, verses uh, 17 through 22, and then we'll probably get into some verses following that as well. But now, as he was going out on the road, this is referring to Jesus, one came running knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, and that is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, Teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, One thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come and take up the cross and follow me. But he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, You know, it's something. this, This kid, I mean, I think... Rich and young, two deadly combinations, as you said. Well, it's you add a third aspect. You're you're rich and you're young and you're in charge of things. You're, you're a ruler. You're mm-hmm. a leader. Mm-hmm. What a combination. And that can be a great blessing or it can mm-hmm. be a great curse. Well, and you know, I think he was really interested in his life. He wanted to do it all right. He wanted to be perfect. He wanted to have high marks. I think a lot of people in their first efforts at life, their beginning efforts, or they look at life, they're young, <clears throat> they've been told you got to work, do, keep your grades up, achieve, be the high, the top of the class, the fastest runner, the best player, whatever. And so they're kind of geared up, wound up that way. And so when they look at life, the first, you know, maybe 5, 10, 15 years of their life, once they're out there, is just um, we're going to show everybody how it's done. We're going to do it right. We're going to keep the law perfectly. And I think that was his, you know, he wanted to be a, a good person. He wanted to be a good person. He was a very religious guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and you know, you're wondering, okay, how does a young person get so much wealth? Well, he could have received a big inheritance sure. from his uh, his parents or something. Uh, or maybe he was just a real astute overachiever, like, you yeah. know, an entrepreneur. Everything just went right he, for him. He knew yeah. how to invest, how to manage 
all that sort of thing. He had people working for him, and, uh, and but it, he wanted, you know, he was he was Still religious. Yeah, right. He was curious. He he was. He comes. It says he comes running to Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I'm sure that Jesus was a popular figure of the day, and and to get an audience with Jesus or to get your question asked, asked or answered, like the press are kind of running after Jesus. But I'm sure he was. That was his goal to go get to be in front of Jesus to ask him this one kind of perturbing question. Well, he he wanted to he wanted to inherit eternal life. Mm-hmm. So so he was. He was really taken up with his doing. the busyness of his life, doing and achieving yeah. was the way he operated. But still, but still, he had a he real, at a religious sense wanted to be able to live in a in a right way. He had that sense about him, but he still was thinking about eternal life. Right, and he kind of connected eternal life. Uh, not with being and abiding, but with doing. And so the, what must I do to inherit? Well, we know that inheritances aren't gained by anything you particularly do, but by who you're related to. Right. And related to isn't a behavior, it's a being. You were the daughter, niece, whatever, nephew of someone who in, you inherited something from them because of the blood relative relationship. And so it's, a, and you were being, you because you were, are that niece, nephew, whatever. That's why you got the inheritance, not because of something you did. But he's using a kind of an interesting verb here. What must I do to, to inherit? inherit. Yes. And so we see already his, his wires are crossed and his idea and concept of um, eternal life and how you obtain it is a little mixed up with his, his performance, his perfection performance kind of mentality or disposition. Yeah, he's, he's doing these things. He's doing these things to really kind of earn God's favor. And in a sense, he is, as we learn later on, he felt he had God's favor on his life. And, and in many ways, God's favor was on his life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But and, he was young, and he wasn't fully understanding. He was thinking the law would be adequate to um, perfect him uh, and even probably save him if he would keep it perfectly. Well, he, he thought, he thought of himself as good because Jesus kind of, you know, threw this back at him. He says, you know, you know the commandments. And he, Jesus doesn't mention all 10 here, but he, he mentions, did you do this and this? Yes. Well, he says, I've done this. But uh, when, what do I lack? Yeah. He's right about Jesus being good, good mm-hmm. teacher. He, I don't think at this point he realizes that he is, Jesus is, is the son of God, right. that he is actually God himself. Well, that, yeah, again, I think a lot of, you know, this young man, he thought that he was pretty advanced. And you said he thought he was good. I don't, I think, I don't think he thought he was good. I think he thought he was doing good. I think he thought he was really doing a good job, behaving well, keeping the commandments of God. But if he would have known, already known, that he was good, then he would have been able to love instead of just do. Because, it's out, you know. For example, um, the law cannot legislate or force. You can't pass the law to make people love each other or to like one another. You can't. In Congress, if they could have passed a law like that, everybody will like each other. Everybody will get along. Don't you think they would have passed it by now? You can't pass a law to legislate love. All you can do is pass laws like here. He's got the Ten Commandments to. Um, write out the rules and the consequences for not keeping the rules. So, and those consequences and rules are there to control behavior. So it's, it's behavior and it has nothing to do with it. The, the law does not address your being. It address, it addresses your behavior. Behavior you're doing. You're doing. Mm-hmm. And so when Jesus came and wrote a new command, he says, a new commandment I give to you, not thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, but that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, that cannot be legislated. That had to come out of their being. That had to come out of their them being aware of who they are as the created son or daughter of God and being um, uh, you know, connected with the Spirit of God, his Spirit bearing witness with their spirit. So it's a whole, it's not even, it's like comparing apples with, with rubber tires. You can't, there's the, the law and grace, the, the works and love, the law and the the new commandment I cannot even be compared. But this young man hadn't gotten that far yet. He was still working on uh, doing the commandments well. Um, and so, but the first question he asked Jesus, um, good teacher, 
What must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, if this would have been most of us, I think what we would have said, whoa, there's somebody who wants to know how to get saved, eternal life. Well, let me tell you, we whip out your ten, your four spiritual laws or your little mm-hmm. spiel on how to get saved. And Jesus blew past all of that. He, didn't, he knew what the real question was. So he said to him, why do you call me good? I mean, like, like he's offending this man for complimenting him. Good teacher. And Jesus, why do you call me good? I mean, he's correcting him right at the very beginning of their conversation. Um, why do you call me good? There's none good but one. So Jesus was really answering the bottom line question for him. How do I be good? If I keep all these commands perfectly, will that make me good? Jesus was answering his bottom line goal, question, whatever, before he even asked it. Yeah, he's saying, but basically, you know, you can't, we can never, we're created in the likeness and image of God, Mm -hmm. but we get defiled by sin. And so that image of God gets kind of marred and buried in our in our, sin, in our sure. sinful activity and so forth, but at the same time, here he's talking about goodness. Is that and he's the point he's making, and the point that God is making through Old Testament and New Testament is that none of us, by our own efforts, can ever be good enough to be saved. Well, he's also by saying, our own. Yeah, behavior. he's saying it isn't by behavior. You cannot earn this. This is love. Love cannot be. Uh, earned. True, unconditional love cannot be earned. It is freely given. Yeah. Another thing, too, is that he said he kept all these commandments. The, the question is, had he really? Well, he thought he, he did. He thought he did. Yeah. But then Jesus came to really um, clarify and bring in the depth of what the law is all about. Mm-hmm. In the Sermon on the Mount, for example, he said... Um, you know, if you if you're angry with your brother, you maybe you've never you know blown somebody's head off with a gun, never murdered somebody, but if you're angry mm-hmm. at him, mm-hmm. angry without a cause, you shall be in danger of judgment. Jesus said in Matthew five uh, twenty two, and he talks about adultery. You might not have you know just gone and been unfaithful to your wife and you know spent the night with another woman or uh, another man, whatever. But he said, if if you look on a woman to lust after her, you've committed adultery in your heart. So Jesus brought in the 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 depth of uh, what we're involved with, our our mm-hmm. our, our behavior, our thoughts, right. and everything like that. So basically, he he strips. Away. If you take somebody through all of the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. And say, okay, you've sinned, you think you've, you've lied, ca- you you've think, committed adultery, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you, if you've done that, I mean, every one of us have violated that in the so sense. So the point is, the point is that we can't <laughs> do it by our own achievement. That's right. And when we put, we present people with this, you're saying, well, I'm trying to show them that they've broken the law, therefore they can't keep the law, therefore they need a savior. And I get that reasoning to some extent, but when we, um, you know, what do we give them as a as a as an answer? to breaking the law because, you know, the devil's prescription for you breaking the law is penance. It is guilt. It is um, alienation. It's, it's, it's judgment that he's telling you is coming from God when actually it's coming from the devil. But so going back, so the law is, is a mess. You cannot use really the law to do anything except what it does. It proves that people can't keep it. That's about all it well, really here's accomplishes. Well, here's an example from my own life. As a, as a teenager, there were times where I, I knew about giving my life over to Jesus. Mm-hmm. But my idea was mm-hmm. that if I do that, I'm going to have to keep the Ten Commandments perfectly. Right. And you, if I can't yeah. do that... Why even start? Speak, that's because people are brought up under the counsel of the false gospel. Yeah, that it's all about law, legal, and keeping the law. Being good. it's all about being good. That is the false gospel. It's all about being good. The true gospel is you are already created in the goodness and the likeness of God. Therefore, be who you are, and you won't want to sin in the first place. Why would you want to drink and carouse and gamble and commit adultery if you know who you are? The holy created 
son, daughter of the living God. But, but again, people don't know that either because they've been thrown into the snake pit and they go, they go with what it looks like, what they feel like, what people say about them, what the world says. You're looking to the world for your endorsements. You're looking to your soul for your endorsements of your goodness and your soul feels and thinks. Your soul is very vulnerable to lies and etc. So, so that you can, you, you can never receive a, a solid answer. So this man going to Jesus, and Jesus said to him in Matthew, the same story, he has a, another interesting piece that's not in Mark, but he says, um, Jesus says in 17, uh, Matthew 19, he says, um, as the, the rich young ruler comes to him and says, good teacher, what must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, why do you call me good? There's no one good but one, and that is God. And then Jesus says, but if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Now, Jesus says, keep the commandments. Okay, life, commandments. So Jesus says, and then the kid says, and he said to him, which ones? And Jesus then answers him and gives him the, the list of, you know, um, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, that here he's throwing in the, 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 the true commandment of love, the new commandment, to love your, the na- your neighbor as yourself. That was oh, the ultimate distilling of all of the law and all the rules and all the purpose and point of it was to be able to love your neighbor as yourself. So the young man said to him, all these things I've kept from my youth, what do I still lack? And Jesus said to him, um, so notice here the young man is saying, I've done all these things, what do I lack? So this is a good question. He's asking, what do I lack? In the Mark 7 uh, version, we don't get that question, what do I lack? Jesus jumps right in and says uh, to him, well, uh, you you know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not s- steal or bear false, false witness or defraud or honor your parents. And then he a- answered and said to him, teacher, all these things I've observed from my youth. Then Jesus looking at him, loved him and said, one thing you lack. So this one thing you lack, Jesus is answering the question the boy asked in Matthew, what do I lack? So, you know, he wanted to go, the guy, the kid wanted to go deeper. He wanted to to go past the commandments and he answered and said, Teacher, all these things I've observed from my youth. And Jesus looked at him, and Mark again, and he says, Loved him and said to him, One thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up your cross, and follow me. So what is Jesus saying? He's saying the commandment is fulfilled in this, that you love your neighbor as yourself, and that you ha- you can only do that by taking away, not relying on all your good works or your money or your anything else, and just sell what you have, get rid of your props, your 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 things you count on, and follow Jesus with faith but and we, abandon. The, the principle that we, we get all through, we see it more so in the New Testament than in the Old, but we can never do enough. We can never be good enough. We can never obey you know enough re- religious rules in order to save ourselves mm-hmm. the, the the ten commandments was given to us to show us that we're helpless that we can't keep them they were given to kind of protect the israelite nation in the midst of a crooked and perverse mm-hmm. horrible pagan world yeah they said keep this because not because god is interested in rule keeping because he's interested, he, he loves his people, and he wants to protect them. That's right. To keep them from going into territories that will just right. So the devil them. twists that around and says, "God is a killjoy, and he wants all. He demands that you obey him, and if you don't obey him, he's going to judge you and bring curses on you and he, it's force you to. So therefore, you can't really use your free will because if you use your free will, God's going to punish you. This is how the devil renders all of this. But back to you know, and 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 so it gets very tangly for people. But it's not about the law. Jesus says, a new commandment I give to you. The law has been fulfilled. We must understand, people, if you're still trying to keep the law, you know, because you're afraid of a consequence, you're not serving God then out of love. You're serving him out of fear. What we want to do is know who we are and know that that's who I am and that's who I want to be, is to love the Lord my God. He's my Father. Um, it's, it's something that cannot, a law in the heart, the Spirit of God, that law has been written in the heart. It cannot be legislated on stones. It is written in the heart, and that's even what God told them in the Old Testament. And the, we cannot love unless our hearts are changed, our, our, converted. our new hearts, yeah. we're converted, changed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We cannot love except through the Spirit of God, the well, ability of God. And you know what? I think that comes through death. I, not just dying daily, which is part of what living is, but 
when we're when we die with Christ, when we're born again, you can't be born again until you die. And I think a lot of Christians don't believe, don't haven't been taught that you. It's not just you add salvation like a suitcase. You pack it along with the rest of your stuff just in case insurance policies, whatever. It is a dying. You're dead. You're done. You didn't make it. You failed. You were gonna go to hell, and you were surrendered all of that striving and trying and bitterness and hurt and whatever to the cross, to Jesus Christ. You surrendered it and you let him, you, you were crucified, you, you joined Christ on the cross. You died to this life. You died to your efforts and your, your goodwill to try to be perfect. You died, you gave it up, and you said, okay, God, now you carry it from there. And that's what conversion is. That's what happened with Peter after he denied Jesus Christ. He went away, wept bitterly, and he found out that there was nothing in himself that he could do to make himself righteous. But I, this young man is not quite gotten that yet, He's still struggling with the concept of doing and and trying to make himself better through the doing. But Jesus is kind of destroying that concept. And Romans 5, 1 says that we are justified by faith. Mm -hmm. Justified means that we're legally, judicially made right in God's sight. through. It's a kind of a legal term, a legal transaction. By faith in Jesus Christ... We are declared righteous, right. and the the righteousness that we have is the righteousness of Christ. That's right. It's the righteousness of Christ that is upon us mm-hmm. that really brings us that into eternal us perfect, life. That makes us perfect. That makes us acceptable. That makes us yeah, right. That not makes us eligible for heaven. Righteousness. Right. Paul said, "I don't. I don't depend on my own righteousness, but which how is many of law." But, but by faith yeah. in Jesus Christ. But how many people, and Jesus says in Matthew, says, if you will be perfect, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give, give to the poor that you may have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. So, but here again, we see a lot of people, the devil taking this command, go sell everything, you know, go eat monkey meat, go be a missionary somewhere, go do the horrible thing that you don't want to do. That is not what the Lord is saying here, how to be perfect. A perfection does not come from you being a big super sacrificer. Perfection comes from you being dead to yourself and thy will be done, O God, and follow him no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like. And there is joy in that. There is strength in that. There is peace. You are not going to be as anxious as the people who are trying to protect all their stuff. So Job says, I came into the world naked, I go out naked. And when all of his stuff was taken away, basically that was his conclusion. It was, it's, I'm not going to get to take it with me anyway. It was just stuff I used down here, to, was given stewardship over to use to uh, accomplish or achieve what God has called me to accomplish and achieve in the Spirit. So, But this man, he had all of his, his, his reliance was upon himself. And that's where a lot of Christians still are. Their reliance is, you know, the problem is your your good deed record has been very tarnished. Satan has said, you blew it here, here, and here. You're wrong. You're condemned. You're no good. You're guilty, blah, blah, blah. So as he gets us to believe that our good deed record is tarnished, then he can throw on us the judgments of guilt and shame and condemnation and f- frustration and confusion about who we are because we're trying to judge ourselves again on our behavior, on our ability to keep the commandments. Now, I, you know what? If you... If you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself, don't you think all the rest of the commandments are going to be automatically fulfilled? You are not going to kill someone. You're not going to lie about them. You're not going to defraud them. You're not going to steal from them. You're not going to um, cheat on their neighbor on your on your neighbor's wife. You're not going to do any of that stuff because it's already because the the, the new commandment has has been the old commandments let's say have been upgraded to love and not only love. But love your enemy. Ouch. Love those who persecute you. Pray for those who despitefully use you and, and persecute you and, and say all kinds of evil things about you. That is real courage. That is really success. That is really victory to be able to love those unlovely, horrible, wicked, unkind, uh, mean, vindictive people in, in spite of who they are. You're, not, you're, you're seeing them through the light in the eyes of Jesus Christ. And it's really, to be able to do that, you know, it's, it's the ability of God because humanly, we want to get even, okay? They, we don't get mad. Well, that's we not because... only get mad, but we want to get even. And it, you have to commit the justice to God, to, to the right thing, to mm-hmm. the, that the Lord will do the right thing even though you might, might not see him doing much at the time. Yeah, he may Even let it go on and on and on. It let go on and on and on, yeah. and it just seems like it gets worse and worse and worse, and you think, yeah. God, what 
what is going on here? Um, well, we have to look at the end of the matter, not just the middle, because it, in the end, we know the truth is that God is a righteous God and he will bring justice um, for all who are oppressed. That's what the word says. Yeah. And then, well, it's interesting here, too, with uh, Jesus looked at him and loved him. Mm-hmm. There's a thought here that I have that, you know, I, I believe Jesus knew what this young man's response was going to be. Sure he did. And, um, you know, we we don't know that. So when, when we share with people, you know, the, the mm-hmm. gospel of Christ, we don't know exactly what their response is going to be. We got no guarantee, oh, I share with this one, they're going to get saved. Um, mm-hmm. Or I spend years um, counseling this one, they're going to get saved. We don't know that. Uh, our job is to, in a sense, in a sense, we can't save anybody. We we can give the message. Yeah. We can love them. Pray for them. Pray for them. All that the saving. Jesus is the savior. We mm-hmm. are not. Mm-hmm. And so it is through the revelation of His love for them that actually saves them. It is through the revelation of His forgiveness that actually sets us free from guilt and shame and the failure of being not able to keep the law. It and from the from the the shame of the consequences that come upon us for breaking the law. Because the law sets us up to be judged. It sets us up to fail. It sets us up to to be, uh, you know, overcome by the consequences of breaking it. And and yet the Lord God says, "Let's go higher. Let's let's die and go be like me. Love, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do." Um, it says in Galatians, you, as you well know, that no one is justified by the law anyway. The keeping of the law cannot make us righteous, or as you said before, our righteousness is from Jesus, and it cannot justify us. It is not designed to do that. Well, yeah, it, you know what. Back to what we were saying here in Matthew five forty three, he said, "You've heard that it was said, Jesus is, is the Sermon on the Mount. Mm-hmm. You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy." Well, it it doesn't really say that in the scriptures, um, but but that this was a saying. This, this is, is the way they had rendered it. This is it, the evidently. way you read it. This is the way you operate. interpreted it. Yeah. You know, you love your friends. If you're nice to me, I'll be nice to you. Mm-hmm. If you're not nice to me, look out! I'm going to get back at you. But Jesus said, but I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you. Mm-hmm. And there's plenty of people cursing Christians these days. Uh, do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute Deliberately you. Deliberately set you up, yeah. Yeah, that, that mm-hmm. are just, they're just mean, nasty, evil toward you. Mm-hmm. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven. So what does God do? How does God operate for, to those that are very... Uh, ungrateful, rude. He sends them the rain. He sends them the sunshine. Yeah, he gives the them sun, breath to breathe. Right, he gives them right. food to eat. Yep, he yeah. does. He, he says, if you if you love only those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors the same? And I mean, just rank pagans. They're they're <laughs> they're pretty much nice to people who are nice to them. Yeah, it's kind of like that. So, but there's a difference for us. Yeah. And he said, if you greet your brethren only, what do you? Well, more it's than interesting others? too that I don't know. It's not there, but in John. He says, "In the you know, they shall know that you are my disciples by the love yeah. that you have for one another." And I think in these last days, that is going to be the most um, uh, powerful uh, evidence that we are the disciples of Jesus Christ to love and to continue to believe and to not pick up an offense and not to try to get even and not to try to prove our point and not to try to judge others, but to just abide in the love of God, knowing, of course, you have to know it first for yourself that you are loved. And this is where I think we were trying to, to trying to know that we're loved by God, but ultimately he already put that in us. It's there, the revelation of truth that we are loved by God and Satan is trying to continually debate in our minds that you did something wrong and God is mad at you. So it, again, Satan is always trying to push the envelope back towards performance, back towards consequences, back towards the law. He's always pushing your life back towards that side of things where you've sinned. He's trying to make the gospel of Jesus Christ about the centerpiece of it as a sin, S-I-N. But the centerpiece of the true gospel, the one that was sent from God, the good news that came from the Lord God is the Son. The S-O-N. Yeah, exactly. There's only one vowel difference, but it's a big difference. It's all the difference between... 
heaven and hell for some people. So this young ruler, he's asking the same questions, I would believe, that we would have asked if we would have been, you know, raised up young in the church. I know people, I know people, I talk to people, every, I counsel people all the time that this is their hang-up. They're still mad at themselves. They're still in a, in, in a failure mode because they haven't been good. They haven't been perfect. They did this or that wrong. And they've listened to the accuser. We have to understand that there is the accuser of the brethren who comes before the throne of God night and day to accuse us of this or that. And he's also accusing us in our minds. And if he can get you to agree with the accusation that you're guilty, that you, and of course, he has tricked us many times to bite the hook. So we have did the deed. We did the deed. We, we stepped into that place where we took matters into our own hands or whatever we did. And we're, we, we don't know how to get out of it. We don't know how to get unhooked from that. And so we uh, take on, well, yeah, you're right. I did. It was my hand. that It went it's, into the cookie it's, jar. It's, I'm guilty of stealing the cookie. But the thing is, you were provoked. You were lied to. You were set up. You were twisted uh, to deceive, to believe that it's okay. No big deal. It's just a cookie. It's not going to matter. I'll eat my supper anyway. Mom will never know. And then before you get done eating the cookie, the devil says, you little thief, look at you. You're supposed to be a good boy. Now you're a thief. You broke the law. CCC. Now you should, I'm going to give you a tummy ache. Well, actually, you're, God's going to give you a tummy ache. He says, so you're going to get a tummy ache because you ate that cookie. And so now we're feeling guilty. And this is kind of how it goes because we don't have the right understanding of this whole warfare and the accuser of the brethren, and that we have been set free. We have been freed from those sins. Obviously, if you, conf- sin, if you sin, you need to repent still and confess it. Exactly. And so there's, there's forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Not only forgiveness, but then there's, there's the, which in a sense, forgiveness is, is a positive thing, but it's kind of a negative thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, I'm, I'm forgiving you of your sins, but then there's a matter of establishing a whole new way of of living, right? And that isn't always it's, easy. It's re, it's repentance. It's a new way of living. It's a kingdom way of living mm-hmm. that is so foreign it's com- to to yeah. the to common human experience, right? And it, it, yeah. it's not the way we're taught in the world. It's not the. Way, I mean, read the carefully. Read the Sermon on the Mount. Carefully, you know, it's a total renewing of the mind it's a it's a whole new the kingdom of god is a whole new culture it's a whole new way of thinking it's a whole new way of operating yeah. Yeah. that is so foreign to what we want what we do naturally as human beings yes and you know and in in, in second corinthians chapter 7 paul is talking about two different kinds of sorrow or repentance <clears throat> he's talking verse 8 um he's talking about having to had corrected them for allowing this uh, man to be in the church uncorrected as he was sleeping with his father's wife. And he says, um, verse 8, even for even if I made you sorry with my letter, I do not regret it. Though I did not, though I did regret it, he was sad that he had to do it, I suppose. For I perceive that the same ep- epistle that made you sorry, only uh, though only for a while, uh, would now cause you to, for a while, now I rejoice. Not that you were made sorry, but that your sorrow led to repentance. For you were made sorry in a godly manner that you might suffer loss of us in nothing. For godly sorrow, listen to this, godly sorrow. Not, oh, I'm sorry I got caught. Oh, I, 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 I failed. I'm not perfect anymore. Not even sorrow for the fact that you got a sin mark on your report card. The, the sorrow comes from rec- recognizing that you um, were tricked and deceived into believing that you could do it yourself or you didn't have to listen to God. This godly sorrow produces repentance to salvation, not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. So there's two types of two types of sorrow. For observe this very thing that you sorrowed in a godly manner, what diligence it produced in you. So when you after you repent, as you're saying, you confess your sins, you repent, we gotta walk it out. That's where the diligence comes in. It produces diligence. What clearing of yourselves or clearing of your consciences. So you're free of this, this constant, I, the feelings of guilt. Um, and what de- indignation. So now you can truly be angry with sin, the accuser, the treachery, the things he's done to set you up. What fear, what godly fear, what vehement desire, desire to follow God, what zeal. So now you're going to be energized. What vindication. All of these things become part of who you are 
when there's a godly sorrow, a true repentance, a conversion, where you're connecting with God, where you're saying that you also hate sin, that you also um, are cleared, your conscience is cleared, and that you have a, a strong desire to follow God. Most people are living in pretty much of a half-hearted, half-minded way, in and out, whether it works or not, whether God's good or not. We don't know for sure. Doubt, double-minded, second-guessing. We cannot live there as the followers of Jesus Christ. You have to know that you know what you know. Yeah, another thing, too, if we, if we look here now at this rich young ruler, mm-hmm. he said, he looked at him, loved him, and he said to him, he talked straight to him, you know, Mm-hmm. Jesus talked straight. Je- Jesus did not know anything about political correctness. He did not operate that way. Okay? Yeah, he never flattered people. He didn't flatter people. He, he talked straight. Them. And you love when you love people, you tell them the truth, not in a vindictive way, but you tell them the truth. And if you do that, they'll grow the truth up in love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Up. And if you know, and so you do it whether they respond to that or not. It's the ball's in their court then, mm-hmm. right? So the ball is in his court here. He says, one thing you lack. Now, he supposedly, well, we'll get into that in just a moment. One thing you lack, verse 21 of Mark chapter 10, go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come and take up the cross and follow me. Wow. So he was being invited to follow Jesus as one of his disciples, which was a huge invitation. But I don't think he recognized that invitation at all that day. He came looking for something else. He came looking for approval, and instead he got an invitation, and he kind of threw the invitation out in the wastebasket when he left the room. I, I, it, is, it sounds like to me. Well, he, didn't, he didn't see what he had been given by God. Jesus said, um, straight is the gate and narrow is the way. Mm-hmm. In other words, there, there's a lot of people that come, and they, they, want, they want to come to God want approval of God on on it. We want approval of God oftentimes on our own terms. Right. I'll serve you my way. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it, obviously we have got individual giftings and abilities and unique callings that God gives us, but we want to we want to serve the Lord on our terms mm-hmm. rather than the terms of Jesus. Well, and the terms of Jesus are very simple. Just don't let anything get in your way. Don't let don't love anything more than me. That's what idolatry is: is loving your things, loving your your position, loving your your life, yourself, your life, your future, your girlfriend more than me. Anything we love more than God is an idol. That thing that comes between us and our love for God is an idol, and we become an idolater when we have to have that thing, or um, you know, must have that thing to be okay, or to to be secure, or whatever it is. That is an idol. And so Jesus was saying, your, your, your desire to keep the commandments has become an idol to you. Your, your desire to be perfect and perform has become religion to you. So he comes to Jesus looking for the truth. Okay? Mm-hmm. He, what, what, what thing must I do that I... So he asked, and Jesus he, answered. Right. Jesus gave him the answer. He comes to the truth. He comes for the truth. He gets the truth, mm-hmm. and, he, and he rejects the truth. Right. right. And so he said, but he, verse 22, but he was sad at this word uh-huh. and went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Now, apparently... So that would be like requiring him to change his complete lifestyle. Yeah. You yeah. Know, get rid of his penthouse, maybe, um, and maybe not. I think people think, oh, I've got to, you know, now that I'm following Jesus, I have to be poor. I have to be uh, broke. I have to, you know, yeah. go do things I don't want to do, eat things I hate, um, go yeah. and serve in a country. Marry I'd... somebody that's ugly <laughs> that I don't like, all that kind of stuff. That is not or, God. Or go to, you know, live in Africa with all the Why mosquitoes. do you suppose God put the certain desires and abilities and gifts and, and likes into you and then ask you to live in, 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 in disagreement with them? Mm-hmm. Uh, why, you know, those gifts, those talents, those abilities are what God has given to you. And he wants his Holy Spirit to develop those things, to use those things, uh, gifts for his kingdom to uh, advance the kingdom and the truth of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And over, over time, you know, especially you think of America, there's different spiritual fads that come through. Oh, for There's sure. always a, a fad, whether it's dress or the way we do services or mm-hmm. the songs that we sing right, or... Right. Uh, it used to be, I think, I can remember times where there was kind of this mentality among uh, Christians that we that we knew that poor was spiritual. 
Yeah. If you and we had songs about oh, I just you know, yeah. I live in this shack, but I love Jesus, and someday I'll have a mansion over the hilltop. You know, there's that <laughs> sort of thing, and then there's the other extreme where. Yeah. You're going to have all that. If you're really God, faith, serving name God it and, and you have it. faith, yeah, yeah. you're going to be wealthy. And if you don't have wealthy and we adore and we help make the wealthier, wealthy, wealthy, wealthier yeah. by by supporting that, that false teaching. But, you know, so it's, the point being, it's not necessarily God doesn't necessarily ask everybody to sell all that you have and give to the poor. Mm-hmm. And some people, God has blessed them with uh, finances that right. are used mightily for the kingdom of God yeah. and of the great heart. So it's not an either-or kind of no. thing. As so many times it's Satan what, wants to put you on the edge of this side of the road or this side of the road, you end up in the ditch. It's walking in the, the giftings and the abilities and the position, the place that God has called you to walk is truly faithful to him, abiding, walking in the counsel of his Holy Spirit as possible. And so, but this was foreign to this young man. He had always controlled his own life. He had always gotten his way. He To give control of his life over to somebody else, even if it would be Jesus, was kind of an iffy deal for him, and he couldn't quite make the step of faith. He couldn't. That was too big of a step for him to make. He had to exchange. He had his treasures on earth. Right. And, and I mean, it, and too, you think of a young person. They're not thinking so much about death heaven, or heaven, death, yeah. and eternal life, man. They, you know, I mean, they want to live and they want to live free and they, they want to prove fun. they can do it. They, they want to achieve success, and they, they've right? got their goals and, and everything like that. But you know, you get you get older, mm-hmm. you think more about eternal things. Eternal well, not life, only but that, but as you get older, you realize that all that effort you put into all that stuff just created a lot of failure, a lot of regret, a lot of frustration. It didn't work the way you wanted it to, and now you're pretty much consumed by the, the, the this world and its systems, and you're forced to go to work, and you've got a lot of debt, and and you know you're not happy with your life, and. And, and, and your kids aren't, you know, making you happy. There's there's a million ways we can we can really ground out on this thing and be grounded down. And so by the time you your 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 wonderful lofty ideas as a young person, where you're gonna you know rewrite truth and you're gonna tell people how it's gonna where you come from. You're gonna you're not gonna listen to anybody. You're gonna you know technology is gonna help you get through all this and you're gonna you're gonna succeed mm-hmm. and be prevail against all of it. Uh, you're kidding yourself. Because the truth is, there's only one eternal life that's worth having, and that is in Jesus Christ. And and that would mean maybe giving up some things, maybe getting some things. God is not going to try to strip you of every good thing he's ever given you. That's not his goal. His goal is to actually advance and develop those things in you, if you will let him have control of your life and take control. Yeah, and, you know, he... he this young man prided himself on keeping these commandments, but he had... One huge problem. One thing you lack. <laughs> and it was a pretty big thing. It was the fear. It was that he had, he was in a violation of the very first commandment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you shall exactly. have no, Exodus 23, no other gods before you me. shall have no other gods before me. So his God. His stuff was his God. Well, and and his stuff he kept him from having anxiety and fear. As long as I've got stuff, I can buy my way. Money answers every matter, or something like that. Isn't that what the Ecclesiastes well, yeah, says? yeah. It, it it says in Proverbs that a a, a a rich man's wealth is his strong city. Mm-hmm. Strong city. It's it's a security. So you know we we'll get into that a little bit here. So he had viol- in Those next verses we start down to verse twenty three here. He had violated that. He he, he had that idol. That he was controlling could, him. That he was, was actually controlled by fear. The there fear was of, one thing, right? and there's always pretty one. much one thing, one barrier that, that us is and before us mm-hmm. that hinders us from giving f- up or fully surrendering. Jesus. Yeah. For some people, it's their mm-hmm. it's their money. For some people, it's their friendships, their or their relatives. For some people, mm-hmm. it's their 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 pet sin or whatever it is. Well, and for him too, it was his desire, actually a good desire to be good. But the truth is he already was good, like we said before, and his behavior, he wanted to make a perfect, you know, perfect behavior, perfect marks on his report card, straight A student. It's like, you know, having eternal, doing what, so he'd achieved all this, he'd got his 
money, he was religious, he was all this achievements, and then his crowning achievement would be having eternal life. Yeah, but it doesn't but, work but that way. You can't not. buy it, and you, you don't earn it by giving your things away. You don't earn it by, by being good. The eternal life comes through to whosoever will. Surrender their need for salvation to the only one who can save them and be saved. So it's like, you know... Um, so in, then we go to verse 23. And yeah. then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. And then the disciples were astonished at his words, but Jesus answered again and said to them, in other words, he's adding to it, Children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? But looking at them, Jesus said, With men it is impossible, but with God, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. So here's here's they were again misunderstanding what he was saying. He was saying, you know, he was commenting on the the fact that riches, reliance on riches that control you are actually uh, you're being controlled by fear, fear of losing them, um, and, and that's having the to big, keep them. Yeah. That's the controlling thing too. Why we why we won't let go of certain things is 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 fear. Yeah. It's the fear is the big thing. Well, if I let go of my who will Money. I be? See, who that's will, another. Who, who will, will I, be? I be? See, we have this idea mm-hmm. that we are what we do, and I'm identified by what I do, mm-hmm. and so we don't know who we are in- innately and inherently, and so we're always trying to pr- project this persona of who we are onto others, so it w- will reflect back into us, so that we can see who we are through their eyes, which is totally ridiculous, because they're not good reflectors anyway. The truth so is, the I know. The idea who I we am get it backwards. This is this is a backwards way of looking at things. This is the way the world looks at. Yeah, and this if is I, the if I can, mm-hmm. if I can do what I want to do, then I can have what I want to have, and be. Right, so be. the world says you got to do something. Do 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 something. Get a good job. Get a diploma. Get a do education. Get a master's. Get a PhD. Do something so I can have something. So I can have a, a better job, make more money, and then so I can be, you know, so I can buy me a new house, so I can be successful. And this is backwards. Be Jesus respected. said, yeah. "Yeah, be respected." It's Jesus said, "It's out of being and abiding comes the doing." So we're like a branch in the tree. The tree is the one who sustains the branch. The tree is the one who gives the nourishment. Jesus is the one who gives the. We're the branch. We're hooked in through the relationship, and that is how we get our our abilities to be productive. Um, the branch brings forth the fruit, not the stem, but it only comes through the abiding. So being and abiding is the, the, the God's way of doing it, um, and, and doing is the devil's way of doing it, because Jesus said it's done, it's finished, and Satan says, no, 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 no. We got the law here, it's never done, never good enough, got to do it again, do it over, do it tomorrow, and you get worn out do-do-doing all the time instead of being. Yeah, and, and he says, uh, verse 23, how hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. Doesn't mean it's impossible. He said it's possible. But the, but the apostles said, they said, they, they said, well, who then can be saved? So in that day, it, they saw that basically if you had a lot of money, if you were wealthy, it was a sign of God's favor upon your life. For sure, yeah. Same old karma. And, and it's kind of the yeah. same thing yeah. we have today. Boy, you know, oh man, I. But I, karma I, doesn't I, work because you know there's a lot of very, very awesome, good, wonderful people that are being crushed, and persecuted, and and stripped and ripped, and so karma doesn't work, because, no. you know, if they were, uh, you know, if karma was true, then they should be blessed, 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 and the bad people should be not blessed, and that's not what we see going on. So anyway, but then they were saying Jesus was saying. um, you know, uh, it's how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. Let me let me say this about those that are wealthy. I heard a saying a while back that um, uh, poor people have things done to them; wealthy people have things done for them. And and there's and wouldn't we love to have things done for us? Oh yes, wouldn't but, that be the wonderful thing? But the thing day? is, if you're if you're, why is it hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God? Well. When you have all your physical needs met, right? Yeah. And, and not only you're sedated met with money to, you know, you become tend Deceived. to become what all your needs are met in, in in more than met. Okay? You have no needs. Mm-hmm. You you tend to become what self reliant or complacent. And, or and, and the thing is too, if you if you're deceived. stressed about something, you can always there's always more stuff to buy. 
mm-hmm. to give you pleasure well, or, or to ease your pain. So, you know, that's why we mentioned earlier that Proverbs 18, 10, and 11 talks about the rich man's wealth is his strong city. It's a place of security. You can, you, but it's not a place of salvation. It's security no. for now, and it's very deceptive because. Well, it, Jesus talked about yeah. Just jumping in here, uh, in in Ma- Matthew thirteen twenty two, he talked about the deceitfulness of, of riches. riches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Well, and so the disciples are kind of okay. So this is a rich guy. We're poor guys. We're really poor, and we're following Jesus, and we gave up everything, and we don't go fishing anymore, and 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 we're following Jesus, and and what what's in it for us? They've asked that question from time to time too, and then and and Jesus and Jesus says how hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of heaven because he was teaching about the concept of submission, uh, faith, trust in God. And then they said, um, they were astonished. They said to themselves, who then can be saved? Well, if it's, you know, we're poor uh, and, and we're hopefully in, but this man's rich and he can't get in. And Jesus talks about the camel and the needle, then who can be saved? But it's not, he's, I don't really believe Jesus is commenting so much on, there was this man's, and yes, it was uh, visibly this man's riches that was getting in the way, but it was his preoccupation also with the law, with being perfect. And I think the Lord is saying, that's what he was, it's impossible. You know, God can save rich people, he can save poor people. Poor people can submit to Jesus, rich people can submit to Jesus. But the thing is, those who are, looking to the law for their salvation, it's impossible for them to be saved. And that's why he's saying with men, it is impossible because men will do whatever they can to be perfect, to be good, to be eligible. But he says, that's not how you get in. It's only through with God through salvation. So there's a two, there's two things going on, the, the, the wealth and the law. And, and Jesus isn't saying so much. Yeah. The law that, that money kind of drew him away and, and deceived him. But at the same time, the biggest deception in this boy was the fact that he was still hooked into being perfect and looking to the law. And that's why a lot of times uh, real, very religious people, whatever they're, everybody's religious in one way or another. You know, atheists are religious, right? Um, Define religion. Pagans are religious. Religion is a practice of something. It's a practice of what you believe. It's the practical and expression of what you thinking that believe. the practice of that thing will bring you to something that you want or something you believe it can bring you to. Well, yeah, like and if you practice good eating, for example, religiously, then you're believing you're going to have good health. Well, that could definitely add to uh, your good health, but it's no guarantee. But pr- practice is not what God's about. He's not about practicing until you get perfect. I saw that on a church sign the other day. Practice makes perfect. That's such a lie. You know, such a demonic setup that you practice to you wear your fingers out and, and you know you may get good at something but th- there's no perfection outside of Jesus Christ there's no goodness outside of God and so the only way you can receive goodness by the revelation of Jesus Christ is be absorbed in the goodness of God well so if you you know just looking looking down the line looking into the future for this young man he went away he stayed with his stuff and um, his stuff stayed well, with him. Well, let's just say he was talking to Jesus in Jerusalem. I don't remember where it was. But let's just say like 40 years later, when they burned the temple and Rome came in and tore down the city, what do you suppose happened to his, his, uh, his businesses, his, entre- his yeah. entre- and enterprises? Probably burned up in fire. Who well, knows? Well, you think of the parable of the rich fool in Luke chapter 12. Yeah, yeah, remember yeah, yeah. the guy? He, he had great crops. He was actually blessed by God. He had great crops. He said, what am I going to do? He says, I'm going to. Pull down my barns and build greater. I'm, I'm just going to expand my business here. Mm-hmm. So he, and and, and yeah. he said, um, when he said, I'm saying to my soul. So he had this, I mean, my soul, you know, eat, drink, and be merry. Mm-hmm. Uh, just enjoy tomorrow, this. I, I've got so much yeah. stuff. I'm all set. I can take I'm off. Set, man. I can I'm retire set for years and years. And I can years. go lay on the beach. Then, but then here's, the, but God said to him, fool. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a fool because he was stupid. He was a great, astute businessman, but he was a fool because why? He was tricked he said, into believing. This night, your soul will require will be required of you. Then, whose will those things be which you have provided? And he, Jesus said, "So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich to God." All your stuff isn't going to save your soul. 
Right. And, and, and all your law keeping isn't going to save your soul either, because as we go back to what we said in the beginning, you cannot pass a law. God could not write a law that would make the people love him or love or like each other. The law was only a the very bare minimum uh, to regulate law and order to keep people from killing themselves. The Congress in the United States cannot pass a law to make people be good. The law is given for lawless people. You know, a lot of those laws they write in Congress um, and or in your state or local legislators, a lot of those laws are not written for the good law-abiding citizens. They're look, written for the lawbreakers. And, and this is, well, a lot of the laws are written to promote more lawlessness. Well, they actually do, but because people get confused and then the law gets has to be interpreted, but you've got 14 laws that say 14 different things on one subject. And so then if you get one of the 14 judges, you'll get it rendered this way. If you get one of the other 14, you'll get it rendered. So it's all, it brings confusion. It brings exactly what the law does. It brings confusion. It doesn't bring order after a while because the heart is not changed. And this is what Jesus is saying here, that there has to be a heart transformation in order to get into the kingdom of heaven. It's not riches that are the problem necessarily, but the law becomes the the, the bottom line problem and, if you don't give the it heart, up. the heart, the heart. Yeah. What has a hold Well, the heart, heart is deceitful above all else, desperately wicked. It cannot be transformed or, or reformed, and the mind as well, unless the law of God, the word of God actually, the is written God, into the it. The power yeah. of God And yet God us. is seen as the most evil, mean, vindictive, um, you know, unkind, crabby, demanding, despot, in the world, the supreme being that has to have everything his way. And that is not the truth about God. God is love. God is the Father. And in all of the epistles, for example, uh, Paul always starts them with grace, mercy, and peace Peace. be unto you from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. And if God himself is making forgiveness one of the requirements for for mercy and for you to be forgiven, you have to forgive others, then would he hold himself to a less standard than that? Would he say, well, I can I can hurt and I can judge and I can throw this one in and out and, and I don't have to abide by my own laws? Well, then he's a hypocrite. And back to Mark chapter 10, here Peter pipes up. He says, that, then Peter began to say to him, see, we have left all and followed you. Look at, we did it. Mm-hmm. I mean, this... This rich guy isn't going to do it, but we did it, Lord. Mm-hmm. We've left all to follow you. And so Jesus says, in, in other places, what are we going to get out of this? Mm-hmm. You know, they were still a little carnal. Uh, so Jesus answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels who shall not receive a hundredfold. Here's this interesting. Now in this time, not just in heaven. Now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. Yeah, the forgotten ones, the little trampled on ones are the ones who are great in the kingdom of God. And that's where it all kind of boils down to. Love looks at a person uh, look and sees not not what they look like, not what they're doing, not what they're saying, not how they see themselves, but the love of God. When you see someone through the love, the eyes of God's love, you will see them as Jesus saw this young man, and he was sorrowful because he saw his soul was in great conflict. And we see this with a lot of young people these days, and young people are in a difficult place because they do not have a very good. They never received, number one, healthy nutrition. They never received the truth. They were lied to and programmed from the day they started, you know, walking, toddling, thinking, uh, being, breathing. They were being programmed by the programs that they saw through the the, the screens and, and the lies. They don't really have a good access to the truth. And even if they go to the church, there's not a good, clear yes. rendition of the truth. It only comes through the Word of God as rightly divided by the Holy Spirit. And that is... Very rare these days. Very rare for people to find that. You know, just as we come to the conclusion of this time today here, um, whatever you give up, whatever you have to give up, whatever he asks you to give up to follow Jesus, it's worth it. Mm -hmm. He gives you so much more of far higher value than whatever you let go of. God does reward those who follow Jesus, but we should never follow him with the primary motivation of receiving eternal 
rewards. And I don't think we really do. I don't think we seek God just for the rewards because I don't even think we can comprehend what that would be. No. So I I think it is once it's in your heart, God is good. Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. His goodness. The rewards going to be there, but then you you have that really in the background. Yeah. It's in the background of your life, but of your thinking. But I just want to conclude with this Matthew sixteen twenty four through twenty seven. Then Jesus said to his disciples, "This is this is for anybody, everybody. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man?" If he gains the whole world and loses his own soul, or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his holy angels, and then he will reward each one according to his works. So, Father, we thank you for this awesome invitation to follow you, to lay down our things to be and take up the cross to follow you, Jesus, that you are with us in this thing and you are strengthening us, Lord. So each one who's listening today, I pray that you'd bless them with the revelation of your truth and encouragement, Father. And we encourage you also, everyone, to check out the website, liferecovery.com, where you'll find not only Rescue Radio, but a lot of blogs and information, uh, videos and things on the spiritual battle um, check out the the diagram. It's one of our videos on YouTube, the diagram. And it kind of gives you an inside look at how the devil sets up strongholds in our lives and w- works to take over our life from those points. So God bless you and have a great day. Amen. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.